What will dominate your heart's desire this week? Fear, anxiety, success, your family? Today we're going to discover how Christ's Lordship replaces all other slave masters in your life. In the days that Mark wrote his gospel, the people were crippled by fear. The religious leaders put burdens upon them and the shocking reality was they used God's law to do it. One of these laws was the Sabbath day. Now the Sabbath day was designed for once a week to rest, recharge, be refreshed in the goodness of God. Instead, it developed into a fear-trapping day for God's people, always anxious that they were going to break the next man-made law. So what does God do? God himself comes down to set the record straight. For the next two weeks, we're going to discover how Jesus smashed this fear-focused view of the Sabbath and restored again the Sabbath principle. Today, Mark is going to show us how Jesus dismantles the fear-inducing Pharisees and establishes himself as the Lord of the Sabbath. Let's just read our passage in Mark chapter 2. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you not heard what David did in the, when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered into the house of God in the time of Abathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful by any but the priest to eat. And he also gave to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was not made, was made for man, not the man for Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus Christ is reigning today as Lord. Now the order here is crucial. Next week, we will consider how Jesus restores his people. We all long for refreshment and restoration, but that will not happen if we do not have a proper understanding of Christ's lordship. Once you grasp that Christ is Lord, he frees you from all other slave masters, religious burdens, people pleasing, the secret sins that trap your soul. Today, let's catch a vision of Christ's Lordship. Now, before Christ shows us his Lordship, in Mark chapter 2, we are met with opposition. His disciples are accused of breaking the Sabbath by plucking heads of grain as they walked. Jesus does something very surprising. 
He doesn't defend his disciples from quoting the law of Moses, although there could be a, a case to be made there. See, Jesus didn't want to bend to their religious traps. The religious leaders idolized the law to the point that they created hundreds of man-made laws just to protect the original ones. So Jesus catches them off guard and uses a vivid example of King David eating bread in the house of God. This was during a time when David was anointed as king, yet not reigning as king. And exceptional times demanded exceptional measures. So King David and his crew went into the house of God, which was normally restricted for priests, and he ate. You see, David as king had authority over the land, including the house of God. How much more so for King Jesus? This is the second time Mark records Jesus saying that he is the Son of Man. Using this phrase, he is reminding the religious leaders, his disciples, and yes, even us today, that the Messiah was prophesied by the prophet Daniel as the Son of Man, where all the nations would serve him around the throne. Let me just quote it, Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the Son of Man. He came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. This is our king, brothers and sisters. But here in this passage in Mark chapter 2, this prophecy isn't quite yet fulfilled. Like David, Jesus was king, but he wasn't enthroned as king. David King David was anointed and Jesus Christ, so to speak, was anointed by God the Father publicly affirmed at his baptism. But he was not reigning yet. You see, sometimes it could be tempting for us to say, I wish I could just go back to the days when Jesus was on earth where I can get a glimpse of his kingship and power and lordship. I'd love to see Jesus raising the dead, cleansing the leper, making the blind to see. And that would be an amazing sight. But actually, we have more evidence of Christ's kingship today. You see, both the example of David and Mark's account of Christ here in chapter 2 are two kings who are not yet enthroned. They're not yet reigning. But Jesus Christ today is reigning as the victorious king. The accomplishment of the cross establishes the reign of Jesus Christ. It secures the foundation and future of our share 
in his kingdom. Revelation chapter 5 states it this way, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain by your blood. You ransomed the people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and a priest to God, and they shall reign on the earth. You notice in this passage, it's because he was slain. It is because of his blood that he is reigning and victorious. You see, the Lord Jesus, he took on the greatest battle for us so that we can enjoy his inheritance. You know, back in the Exodus story, God didn't deliver Israel to be plagued by fears and burdens. He redeemed Israel from Pharaoh's grip so that they can enjoy the land full of milk and honey and yes, even heads of grain in the field. And so too with us. The king is reigning and his desire is that we would enter into his rest. The kind of rest that refreshes and recharges us. The kind of rest that, that frees us from sins and untangles us from burdens. The kind of rest that we can thoroughly enjoy our God, the Lord of rest.